Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 12. Writing was getting much, much harder for Charlie while he tried to write through and about that summer before college. What was it about that summer? The only thing it could have been was the boat accident, but how? No one was hurt. After much debate and thinking, he decided to try and call his foster parents and ask about that summer. Maybe he would even call Brenda. It had been a few months since he'd talked to her. He'd just call, see how things were, and ask if she remembered that vacation. From there, he'd see what she had to say. Then he'd do the same with his foster mom and foster dad. First, he needed to go back to Cuidad Norte and pick Maria up from work. Strangely, the little Ford Escort seemed to be adapting to the conditions and he didn't have to stop at all to let its engine cool. It was one of the few times he'd made that trip with the temperature gauge never getting into the red zone. He was met at the school with whispers and smiles. The whispers were of his involvement with Maria. The smiles were from genuine kindness. The atmosphere was warm and friendly. Just as he had made it to Maria's classroom, the doors opened from all the rooms and children and young adults began to spill out, laughing, joking. Most seemed very happy. Boys blushed as they talked to girls. Girls giggled with their books clutched across their chest. The little ones walked to waiting mommies and daddies that Charlie had just noticed were standing and waiting there like he was. The students he had spoke to that morning smiled as he walked by. When it seemed as though the last few students had made their way out of Maria's class, he stepped inside. Maria was having a rather heated conversation. He was surprised to see the conversation was with Margarita and Michael. Their backs were to the front of the room, and they couldn't see Charlie as he entered and quietly stood next to the teacher's desk. Maria saw Charlie come in, but didn't acknowledge it. She switched to Spanish as she seemed to be really letting the both of them have it. She wasn't yelling or anything like that, but her face was showing signs of anger. Her dainty finger pointed at both of them. Being angry was something Maria didn't do very well. It obviously was something she was having to strain to reach for. Margarita was standing and Michael was sitting in a desk. He had turned to face the teacher. Michael looked off in the distance. He was listening to his teacher out of respect, but whatever it was she was trying to get him to understand, he wasn't buying it. Margarita looked directly at Maria. The occasional sniffle and bringing a hand to her face meant she must have been crying even though he couldn't see her. Neither of them talked or even had a chance to as Maria continued what apparently was a scolding of some sort. Eventually, she switched back to English and pretended Charlie had just walked in the room. Hi, I'm through here, she said, giving the two another angry glance. You ready? All I need to do is get some papers together, okay? 
Yeah, sure, said Charlie. Take your time. Charlie watched Michael and Maria begin to gather their books to go home. By this time, they had noticed him. They both seemed a little embarrassed by the possibility that he'd seen them being scolded by Maria. Neither was speaking as they pulled books out of their desk, rearranged the space inside, put other books in their place, and gathered what supplies might be needed for an evening's homework. Michael emerged with a protractor, and Margarita had two paperback novels. Maria was still busily concentrating on rounding up what she needed, too. Margarita finished first and smiled as she caught Charlie's eye. The first thing he noticed about her was the necklace. Would it be inappropriate for him to talk to her? Of course not, he thought. Hi. Charlie quickly spoke before she left the room. You doing okay? He asked. Sure, thank you. And you? She was still walking. I'm fine, thanks. So, did you get anything out of my little talk this morning, Charlie asked. Oh, yes, she said. It was a nice surprise. Thank you. She had stopped now. I don't remember you asking any questions, said Charlie. Did you have any? She thought for a minute. No, not really. It's really great that you were able to speak to us, though. We don't get much of that around here. She suddenly realized that Maria was right there listening to every word, and she didn't want her to think that she was putting her down in any way. Miss Gomez does a really good job with us. It's just that having a guest speaker is rare because of where we are. Do you feel isolated out here? Asked Charlie. Yeah, and stuck. It doesn't have to be that way, Maria said kindly but forcibly. That's an issue around here, said Margarita. We all have different views on our future and what it's all about. Some people like to stay here. Maria sure did, said Charlie. Margarita quickly shot back. That's out of choice, though. I don't see it that way. I feel stuck. You're not stuck, Margarita. Maria emphasized the word stuck. She then stopped what she was doing and gave her an angry glare. At first, Margarita didn't say anything. She simply glared back. Yes, Mrs. Gomez. Charlie snapped to the pupil-teacher relationship when Margarita called Maria Ms. Gomez for the second time now. These students were really young adults, not children, but still, Maria was maintaining a professional relationship with them. This was obvious. It still sounded funny to hear Maria being called Mrs. Gomez. Margarita turned to face Charlie now. Mrs. Gomez is wanting me to attend the university next year, but I don't want to, though. I just can't. It's not that I wouldn't like to. I just can't. That's all. Charlie thought it was best to let that lie. A sore spot had obviously been touched with Margarita. He noticed Michael had finished with his gathering what he needed and was patiently waiting for Margarita to finish explaining. How about you, Michael? What kind of plans do you have? Asked Charlie. Michael leaned against the wall and let a long stream of air escape from his lips. He bowed his head and the 
leather and turquoise necklace dangled in front of him. I won't leave here either, he said. You can't or don't want to? Maria had asked the question. Her tone was slightly hard. She continued, let's use the correct words here, okay? Okay, Mrs. Gomez, you're right. I can't. Michael looked up at Charlie now. The young man was tall, at least six feet. His jet black hair touched the back of his collar and covered his ears. There wasn't an ounce of fat on his body. If the guy lived in America, he'd be a starting linebacker for the local high school. What's with all this I can't I hear around here? Charlie was smiling when he said this and drew quotation marks in the air with his fingers on the word can't. Did you guys listen to me today? That's kind of what I was trying to tell you. Everyone can. He used the quotation marks again, this time on the word can. Michael and Margarita looked at each other. One got the feeling that each was looking for the other to respond. Neither one wanted to finish though. Michael jumped in first. It's not that easy, Mr. Duncan. I wish it was. It's just not that easy. I mean, there are lots of other things to consider. Like what? asked Maria. She already knew the answer from the way she had asked the question. She obviously just wanted Michael to say whatever it was to Charlie. I have a responsibility to my family. Michael was quick to respond. He was getting angry too. Enough, said Maria. That's enough, please. We've been over and over and over this. Maria clasped her delicate hand around as much of Michael's forearm as she could and pulled him quickly behind her. They left and gently but firmly shut the door behind them. Wow, the issue of staying or going is hot around here, said Charlie. You're right. I've been trying to talk to both of those into going. They won't. They just won't hear it from me, though. You mean can't? Oh, they could if they wanted to. Why then? Why don't they? Maria hesitated for a moment before she answered. They use the excuse of the family responsibility they have here. It would be seen by some as wrong for them to go. You stayed, said Charlie. You even insinuated once that more people needed to stay. Why not them? Maria hesitated once again. Charlie noticed that she was carefully choosing her words. A couple of things here, she said. Those two are bright. They have a great deal of potential. They could do anything they wanted, whether it be here or elsewhere. They need to be educated first, though. But still, you think they shouldn't come back here, though, right? Why? They just do. Look, you know there's obviously something going on around here, and you've been warned to just leave it alone. Why, Maria? Why do those two need to get out of here? Maria had finished placing papers, a green grade book, and an assortment of pens and highlighters into a brown cardboard box that now sat on the top of her desk. She sat at her desk and 
except for the top of her head, couldn't be seen because of the boxes. The flaps were sticking straight up. Charlie walked to the desk, pushed the box to the side, and placed his elbow on the desktop. He rested his chin in the palms of both hands. At this point, he was only a short distance from her face. Maria, he started, there's something you're leaving out here. Please tell me. I can't, she said. Then there is something. I knew it. Charlie, please. Her eyes look sad. What is it, Maria? What is going on here? Charlie hesitated for a moment, then added, High school students are getting executed here? Why are those two students turning down opportunities of a lifetime to stay here? Oh, and don't tell me I'm not in California anymore. That's not going to work today, okay? Maria looked into Charlie's eyes. His face was still bruised and the corner of his left eye still bloodshot. He deserved to know more. The reasons he deserved to have some information about what was going on were simple. First, he'd been popped in the face by a soldier carrying an Uzi after finding a boy's dead body. Secondly, she didn't like the way it felt to hide something from him. Her feelings toward him were growing, and it just didn't feel right to not come out with it. She really wasn't lying, but it felt that way. Maybe by leaving out what she knew when he asked, it was like a lie, lying by omission. Either way, it didn't feel good, and she decided to tell him some secrets about Cuidad Norte and San Miguel. Come on, help me get this to the car. She pointed to the box as she stood. I'd feel better talking in the car. There are some things... I want you to know. Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.